You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Check, please. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ducks on the Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Jennings. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Brazier. My name is John Gordon. I'll be your host. And I'm your host, Katie Burke. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you, the DU Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Jennings. Joining us today on the podcast is Bill Gibson with Gamekeeper Kennels. Bill, welcome to the DU Podcast. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to, to talk with you. Awesome. We're excited to have you. I know when we reached out to Daniel Hayes, just trying to um, get someone from Mossy Oak on here, he's like, hey, man, he's like, I think Bill's going to be your guy. He's probably uh, going to be a great interview, entertaining, and we get to talk about the Gamekeeper Kennels. But before we get to any of that, um, I'm going to do kind of what we always do with new guests on the show and just kind of let you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what who you are, what you do, and how you got into doing it. Okay. I'm Bill Gibson. I'm the director of Gundog Operations at Moss Hill Kennels. It's a long story about how I got here. I was a federal law enforcement officer for many years, and I retired 28 years ago. And uh, the city of Tupelo taught me into taking an assistant chief job, and I stayed with that six and a half years. And then the mayor in West Point called me and wanted me to come down here and take over the police department as chief, and I did that. When I moved down here, I moved next door to the CEO of Mosso, Coxie Hayes. And I've been training dogs most of my life, off and on anyway. And uh, I was training out in the yard and trained a couple of dogs for him. And he said, you know what, we need to go in the kennel business. That's how I got here. He talked me into that about five and a half, six years ago, and I've been here ever since. Enjoy every day of it. Awesome. That's what I was going to ask you how long ago. I knew that uh, the Gamekeeper Kennels hadn't been around for a, you know too long, but I was curious, five or six years ago. So, you know, how many dogs do you guys have down there right now? Right now we've got, uh, let's see, somewhere around 28 that belong to Toxie and I, and then we've got uh, 11 in training right now. When you're going through this process, like the whole training process, and this is probably a little bit more kind of about your training methods rather than anyone else's, you know, what's your process for training retrievers? We use the uh, old-fashioned method or whatever you want to call it by just personal outlook on it. I don't use e-collars. I could, and I don't hold it against anybody that does because that's a valuable training tool, but we use the... uh, the British method. I, I learned a lot about training from guys in uh, England and Northern Ireland and Republic of Ireland. And we apply those training concepts to dogs here in the kennel, low force training, as opposed to any other method, I guess you'd say. But And we have really good luck with it. We very seldom have a dog that, that 
just is not going to make it. And uh, most of those are coming from somewhere else. We've had uh, none of our dogs that, that didn't make it through the training program. And we, we run four levels of training, level one, level two, level three, level four. Level four. And then we, uh, once they're level four, they're what we call a finished hunting dog. And a finished hunting dog would not be the same as a field trial dog because we, our dogs depend on their natural game finding ability, use of their nose to find game. We don't believe in precision handling to a bird. We send them out a little downwind, let them pick the bird and bring it back. And they all work on the whistle. They take left, rights, backs. They, we just don't precision handle. We depend on them to find the game. So that would kind of put you guys more like you do more like hunt tests rather than field trials, or do you guys even get involved in any of the hunt test stuff? I just barely have time to run the kennel. I don't have time to, to get involved. The only test I've been involved in was in uh, Northern Ireland and Republic of Ireland. We went over there in 2004 and ran in the Irish International and the uh, Atlantic Cup, and we won both of those as a team. And I think I think Ducks Unlimited sponsored part of that, along with Mossy Oak and P&O Fairs and, and uh, Yukonuba. How did you get into running over there in Ireland? Was that something? Did you know somebody over there, or was it just like, all right, we're going to go compete in this? I was helping Wild Rose Kennel at the time, and of course, the trainers from over there were coming over here, working at Wild Rose or visiting Wild Rose and holding training seminars. And I kind of got into that and uh, got into it with uh, Robert Miller up at uh, Duck Hill and. I don't know, just kind of fell into it, I guess, is the way to put it. <laughs> you fell into Ireland. That's pretty cool, though. I mean, not very often <laughs> not very often you hear, you know, someone who's who's competed and won in the Irish champions over there. That's pretty prestigious, actually. So are all your dogs that you have there at the uh, Mossy Oak Kennels, are they all British labs? That's what we refer to them as. Uh, a few of them came out of Republic of Ireland, which is... Uh, different from the United Kingdom. Some of them come, came out of Scotland. A lot of them came out of England. I think we've got uh, several out of Northern Ireland, and we may have one out of Wales. So what, what is it, if somebody just like wants a dog from Mossy Oak Kennels or Gamekeeper Kennels, how would they go about going about that business? Or do you guys, are you guys just training them for them or are you guys actually selling dogs? No, we, we don't really sell dogs. Uh, we sell puppies. Okay. Yeah. We don't we don't have that many because we don't have that many litters every year. We may have seven or eight litters a year, and of course demand is high, so we usually keep a waiting list. Right now we're we're selling pups in uh, 2023 and have been for quite some time, and we're basically sold out for 2022. Oh wow! Just got to get on the list, I guess. It sounds like right. What we do is we require a $500 deposit. They put the deposit down. We put them on the list to get a puppy. And when that they they make the choice, you know, a particular litter, sex, color, and then when the litter's born, we call them. If if they were lucky enough to get one, we call them. And if they're lucky enough or whatever not to get one or unlucky enough, then we call them and and tell them, you know, we we need to move to another litter because we didn't have enough males, we didn't have enough females, or we didn't have the right color. So did you get into training dogs through duck hunting? Is that how you started doing it, or was there someone that was just impressionable on you? I got into a duck hunting when I was a youngster, and that was quite a few years ago. <laughs> I'm 78 years old now, and uh, kind of got into it uh, back in the 60s. 
dogs. I've uh, been doing it a long time. Yeah, I've been hunting and training dogs for a long time. And that's uh, that kind of leads me to an interesting question. Like, as far as dog training goes, what has changed over, you know, the last 40 or 50 years of doing this that just, like, kind of blows your mind that's like, I can't believe we're doing this now? What, uh, what, what happened to, to me was I got a British lab back in uh, 2000. They were, the dog was laid back, good house dog, really nice hunting dog. I really liked the dog, and I, I just uh, got into the British labs pretty heavily after that. And that, that was my major change, going from one particular type of training to another type of training. And going from pressure to no pressure training, I guess you, wait, don't you need to say it. Yeah, so you started out in doing, like, pressure training with, you know, and then just completely fell in with, like, the whole British lab thing. That's that's an interesting angle. And uh, it just kind of came natural. I, I just like the demeanor. I like the biddability of the English or British labs. The English labs I don't like, but British labs I like. And... uh so just kind of just kind of fell into it, like the British labs, like like say the biddability, the trainability, and everything about them. So I just stuck with it. Now, do you travel around with any of the mossy oak dogs, or you know, people want you know, are they basically coming down to West Point to see them or anything like that? Eh, every now and then I'll go somewhere and, and uh, put on a little exposition, but. My time is very limited. If we've got a, a mouse elk customer, you know, that wants to do a, like a dog training seminar at their location, like before pheasant season opens up north and things like that, then we go up there and do that. And uh, I used to go to the Ducks Unlimited es- uh, Expo in Memphis when it was out there at Shelby Farms. Oh, yeah. A good bit. But that was prior to becoming affiliated with mouse elk. Yeah, those dog ramps are still here on the campus around the lake where they used to run the expo and have the dogs jump off the ramps. They had built docks and stuff, and those those docks are still here, but we don't do the expo anymore. No, I hated that, too, because I've been a member of, my, of uh, Ducks Unlimited for eons, <laughs> way back in the 60s. I've got most of the magazines back that far. Really? Yeah, may have to go through that collection there. We may have a couple that we might need here. Uh, the magazine staff, I, I want to say it was 68 or 69, one of the first years. Um, I'll have to check with our uh, historian here to see. <laughs> yeah, I've got a, I've got a, a ton of them. Some of them I got two of them, some three, and some just one. So, but they go way back there. That's very cool. So, just for uh, like our listeners to kind of get a, an idea of kind of the way that you train you know these british labs i know you said it's not like no not pressured things like that but you know what would be like a typical training session for let's say a young dog you know just just getting started what's the process from puppy all the way through when we get if we get a puppy in and we we have quite a few of them in right now that we bought overseas and brought them in and even the puppies that we keep out of our litters here at the kennel you know for future breeding the first thing we do is we start them when they are seven weeks old on the sit command. And the way we do that is at feeding time. We'll take the bowl, get our scent on the feed by running, you know, running our hand down in the bowl and feeling of all the food and make sure we got a lot of human scent on it. Then we tell the pup to sit. And when the pup sits, we start lowering the bowl. If he stands up, we raise the bowl back up, take a step toward him, he'll sit again. And after two or three days, they'll sit on command, and they're not allowed to eat until we say okay. 
So they have to sit until we tell them okay, and then they can eat. And that's the start of our basic training for our dogs so that uh, we get a real early start. Other than that, we don't put a lot of pressure on them until they're not what I'm talking about, not physical pressure, but just training pressure on them until they're uh, six months old. But, but the whole time, they, they, you know, we're teaching them sit. We're letting them follow us around the grounds and uh, kind of kind of teaching heel in an indirect method, just letting them walk with us. And then at six months, we start, sure enough, training with heel, sit, stay, uh, place, and your basic obedience commands. And we'll work on that for a couple of months, and then we'll move up to uh, the basic retrieving and work through that on land, singles and then doubles and then triples. And uh, we'll work them on stopping on the whistle. We get away from voice commands, go to a whistle command using a, a 211 and a half English whistle. So, and that, that that whistle, by starting at an early age on the whistle and transitioning from sit to one peep on the whistle, it makes it easier when we start getting into more advanced training, like stopping on the whistle and taking hand signals and, and uh, the real advanced stuff. So we just have a steady progression. There's, we don't do any two dogs alike because all dogs are not alike. We don't have canned training programs. We don't have a certain set of sequences we follow. We just try to read the dog and, and, and advance the dog as soon as we think the dog is able to advance to the next level. No, that's a good. That's a that's a really good methodology, and and uh, I got a couple other questions for you here uh, regarding some introduction okay. some introductions and stuff. But we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back, and we'll talk about some ways that you introduce different things to some of these dogs. Okay, sounds good. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Hey everybody, we're back with Bill Gibson from the director of Gun Dogs with Gamekeeper Kennels. You know, before we took a break, we were kind of chatting about some of your methods and how you guys are doing it. And I, you, you pointed one thing out that I thought was really, really good, and not only for trainers but also for just like amateur trainers who are training their dogs. And you mentioned that you, as you're going through the training process with some of your dogs, you're you're letting them kind of set the pace. You don't have a rigid of saying, "Hey, at seven weeks we're doing this, at this we're doing this, at this we're doing this," and you kind of let the dog learn. Did, is that something? that is pretty common among like the Irish trainers that you kind of got your influence from? Yes. They don't they don't have a set training pattern either. They just uh, advance the dog as they think the dog is able to advance. They got a certain standard they hold a dog to for every command and as soon as that dog beats that standard and gets it reinforced a bit then they move to the next and then the next and then the next. And then they start joining all these individual pieces into the whole picture so that the dog starts putting all this together 
and uh, is a started retriever and then a finished retriever. Yeah, that's great. And that so that really that leads me into my next question. And we had talked briefly off air about this, but one of the big things that that we talk about here, and I've had you know other trainers and uh, people from all over kind of talking about, it, and everyone sometimes has a little bit different take on. It. I think it's good to bring up other opinions, but introductions. So when are you introducing these dogs? You kind of went through the the process there briefly, but like. So when are you introducing these dogs to water? We introduce them at an early age. We've got a little pond here on the place. The water level be high one week after the rain. It'll be a little lower the next week, but it's got a real shallow end. And we just walk the dogs, the whole litter, a lot of times down to the water and just let them play in the shallow water. And that's, that basically introduces them to water. And then they, when they're a little older, then we'll after we get a little control on land, we'll we'll start working them on water where we can exercise a good bit of control over them in the water. Because if you can't control them in the water, you got to either swim out there or wade out there to make a correction. And I'm not much on uh, wading out in, in cool weather. Yeah, you don't want to be swimming out there after your dog. That's that's probably no. not a good sign. <laughs> what about? like layout blinds, like dog hides, things like that. Is that something that you're doing later on in the basic obedience process, or is that something that you kind of kick off pretty early so they're comfortable with it? We, we kick off pretty early with a place command. Okay. And we'll have a place stand, and we'll teach them to get on the place stand. When we say place, we may have three place stands out, and we'll be at the middle one, put them on place, and then send them left on a place to the one on the left, and then to the right, or to the right, and then to the left. So we do that, and then we introduce them to the, I guess you'd call it a hide. That's what they call it in Britain mm-hmm. anyway. And uh, use the place command. Tell them place, snap the fingers. If they're a little reluctant about going in, we may throw a treat in there so that they go on in. And we've already started them on the kennel command at an early age and throwing a treat in a kennel so they go in their kennel and don't come out until we tell them to. So so when are you, uh, when are you introducing gunfire? I know that's, uh, that's always a topic of discussion with uh, amateur and professional trainers. Everybody kind of does it a little different. So w- when does that come in? Right after we finish our basic obedience training, we'll introduce the gunfire. And the way that we do that is we set remote launchers out and fire the dummy back toward us. We may be 100 yards from it, and the launcher will throw it 50 yards. So it's 50 yards out there. The dog's already doing a little single retrieve every now and then. And it learns to associate the sound of gunfire with the dummy coming out and hitting the ground, and then the dog gets his reward, which is the retrieve. So that's that's the way we do it. A lot of people say, well, you know, when they're real young, just when you feed them, start beating pots and pans around them. Ah, that's not the way to do it. Yeah. Not to me anyway, because I don't want to be sitting down eating a steak and somebody banging pots and pans in my ear. <laughs> my ears are bad enough like it is. Yeah. And I think the dog's probably the same way, you know. It doesn't want to be with a lot of noise while it's enjoying its food. Instead of doing doing anything like that or any other kind of gunfire or taking a cap pistol or, or whatever, we just use launchers because we want that dog to learn that the sound of gunfire means it's fixing to get a retrieve, assuming that the guy that's shooting the gun is good enough to hit something and knock it down so the dog can retrieve it. But they'll start to watch the sky, and they'll see the dummy come off the launcher. They'll hear the noise, see the dummy come off, see the dummy hit the ground, and they got to be steady if they don't get to go get the... The re- they don't get to retrieve if they're not steady. Yeah. So we're teaching multiple things at the same time. We're teaching them steadiness. We're teaching reinforcing the sit command. 
We're teaching them to watch the sky for birds. We're teaching them to, to what mark the dummy. We're teaching them many things by doing it that way and reinforcing others. Yeah, so you've got, it's basically like a long list of different things you're working on through that process, which is, you know, very right. similar. You know, it seems like it's very similar. A lot of different retrievers are doing that. You know, I think one of the last things I want to ask you before we get out of here is, so somebody gets one of your dogs, and let's say it's even yeah. a finished dog. You know, what advice do you give them before they hop in the truck and, and take off and, and head out on their own? We prefer that they come down and spend two, three, four days with us at least and learn how to handle the dog because a lot of people want us to get them a finished dog or a started dog out of the U.K. And we bring one in, and they're not familiar with the commands. They get lost really quick, and the dog the dog gets confused and does not know what to do because the commands over there are completely different. Not completely, but a lot of them are different from over here. Like they use a command over there, high lost. And that means hunt dead. So you either have to change the dog from high loss to hunt dead, or the person that bought the dog is going to have to learn to say high loss when he wants it to hunt dead. But uh, just little things like that that they need to know. You know, how do you release the dog? We release the dog with his name and a snap of the fingers, a double release. And uh, our rationale behind that is if the dog's in a duck blind and we got two dogs with a similar name, we knock a duck down and they call the dog's name, and both of them think it's their name being called, they both go. But if you use a double, like a snap of the fingers and the dog's name, the dog's not going to go until you snap your fingers and call his name. So that's the way we train. We train with a double release command. So is there anything else that you want kind of our audience to know about Gamekeeper Kennels and, and what you guys are doing, some awesome work down there with Mossy Oak? Is there anything that really stands out to you that pretty much everyone asks you're like, oh, yeah, this is what we do. This is how we run our operation. Yeah, it's just uh, we're just a dog operation. You know, we don't we don't do anything else. We, we train dogs. We propagate puppies. We sell puppies. We'll bring in started or finished dogs from the U.K. if somebody's looking for one. But everything here is geared toward a hunting dog because we don't have time to field trial. My time is very limited. Yeah. If I did, if I had time, I'd probably be doing some of it, but I just do not have time. Yeah, we've had some of the field trial guys on here before, and they uh, they are pretty busy people. I know that. Yeah. And some of my, you know, I got one dog in particular named Nola. Nola's a field trial and a hunting dog. She's four years old, or he's four years old, and he's retrieved over 5,000 ducks. Wow. And he's also, uh, you know, a master hunter, and he's at the top of the UKC game, the AKC game, fixing to run SRS. He's uh, he ran in the Master National in the past. Got quite a load of credentials. Has 55 ribbons in field trials and hunt tests already. So... You know, they're fully capable of doing that. It's just that we do not have time <laughs> to, to participate. If I participated in that, I'd be gone all the time. And it's just myself and, and one other assistant trainer. We stay busy. Well, Bill, I appreciate you taking the time to hop on here and just kind of describe your operation and tell us about the cool things you're doing down there and about some of the dogs. It sounds like sounds you got you have some uh, well-accomplished dogs down there for sure. We do some really nice dogs, really nice. Our puppies are really nice. Uh, they're easy to train. I'm just sitting here talking to you and watching them train a couple of our puppies that are now eight, nine months old. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's an exciting game. Awesome. Something different every 
Well, cool. Sounds like you enjoy it and uh, appreciate you taking the time and joining us on here today. Sure. No problem. Anytime you want me, I'm here. Absolutely. Well, take care, Bill. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'd like to thank my guest, Bill Gibson with Gamekeeper Kennels in Mossy Oak for uh, joining us today and just kind of describing their operation and telling us all about what they got going on down there. I'd like to thank Chris Isaac for putting the show together and getting it out to you. And I'd like to thank you, the listener, for joining us on the DU Podcast and supporting Wetlands Conservation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. And visit www.ducks.org slash podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. Stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.